Welcome back to the Men of Women podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Linnea. We're in full sweater weather season. It I'm is... just looking across the table at beautiful Linnea. She's in her beautiful plaid. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's actually my sister's plaid. I oh, stole right. it from I her. Forgot. No, it's okay. It's uh, We came up to Halifax this weekend, so I have a 12-year-old sister. And so she, she has a job. She used to participate in an after-school program that's, like, run by a dance teacher in town. And it's, like, she has a really nice dance studio in Chester, but she lives in Lunenburg. She runs this after-school program. It's insanely cheap. They do all this fun stuff with your kids and feed them and just, like, <laughs> it's awesome. So now that Peyton's, like, mature and not in the program, Natalie, who's an angel, asked Peyton to come back and be one of the helpers. Kid gets paid $15 an hour. What? an hour to play with, like, little children, like, outside and, like, do crafts and stuff. And and there's, like, real, like, adults there, too. So she's just, like, there getting paid $15 an hour. Living the dream. So (laughs) for the first time in her life, she has, like, a an income like it's not just like money you get on birthdays it's like yeah. she knows that she's getting this much a steady money. flow she got like 185 dollars like this month like for working there how yeah. many hours a week does she work she works one day a week and i guess it's like four hours or something okay for three hours anyway whatever that math is <laughs> not a math podcast we don't see that. but uh but yeah so she had a little bit of money burning a hole in her pocket and uh she and her friend my mom said that she they'd come into the city and then i don't know how it happened my mom and my stepdad and i were playing a heated game of Catan, and somehow <laughs> As one does we decided that we should get a hotel if paul didn't win Catan, <laughs> paul lost Catan, which doesn't happen very often so Ooh, who won my mom Ooh, yeah yeah, so anyway, they have this hotel, and uh, I came in with them, and we stayed in Halifax last night, and it was super cute, but my little sister is 12, the ripe age where, like, Olivia Rodrigo is the queen. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not, like, Beyonce's, like, the queen mom, and then it's, like, Olivia is, like, the reigning queen. <sighs> I just, the things that they bought are cute, but it's just, I'm, what, like... What's the top three? Okay, so there's, like green like tank top like like limey green Ooh. tank top t-shirt dress that like comes down with the like um oh. with the like uh late not laces but like the the drawstring on the sides that like pulls it up a little bit oh okay so there's that um some large black dock style combat boots oh um oh yes the 90s are back in full swing my friend oh my um, god obviously a pair of the baggy jeans that are like super high-waisted and tight at the top and then like oh and then just like some chains chains yeah oh god i had to go through that with my younger brother he came up and he wanted he's like grace where do i get like chains and rings (laughs) and And i was just like at your price point We'll go to the black market and we'll see what we can find. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. So she was our deans. Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> I was yeah. like, ah, yes. Okay. It'll be green. And like, my mom was like, yeah, the chain got really like green. Yeah. So he would wear it for a day and then he'd just have like stained green on Gross. his neck. I was just like, uh, yeah. Really flexing today. 
really schlecks in. Uh, but yeah, it was cute to watch them like go to the mall and be have their big mall day. Yeah, and they really did, and it was nice. Yes, but also yesterday, in other exciting news, the Minute Women podcast got an email. <gasps> Email, email. I want us to have a mail song like we would do for Blue's Clues. Blue's Clues, exactly. So we got an email. We um, just got a letter. (laughs) We just got a letter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So this was about our Dr. Lucille Teasdale Cordy episode. Okay. It was just like some information for us. So I'm going to read uh, this letter. It's from Leslie Falzone. What a great last name. Who I don't know and I don't think you know. And so this is just a fan. Um, And she says, I love your podcast. Just some information from the above podcast. So the Dr. Lucille episode. 1861, the Italian army was based on conscription with compulsory military service for all males at the age of 18. And that did not end until 2005. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So we had talked and we were unsure. Like you were saying that you weren't sure when that ended. But it was, yeah. Because basically what we talked about was... um, med students could forego their right. one-year conscription period if they volunteered or worked in, like, civil missions for exactly. two years. So that's how the Ugandan hospital was getting a bunch of Italian doctors. Yeah. So until 2005. And she says, my husband, while born in Canada, has Italian citizenship because his parents were not con- Canadian citizens until after he was born. He could not travel to Italy from the time he was 18 until he was about 40 because of this law. Oh, wow. Because if he went, he would have had to conscribe to the military service. Oh, that's so hard. Right? You can't, like, go to your, like... Exactly. Especially when you're a first generation of a new country. Exactly. Oh. Like, think of the... Yeah, think of how that would make you feel. Like, oh. And she said, well, he would travel on his Canadian passport. Mm. If they discovered that he was also an Italian citizen, he would not be able to leave the country and return home until he served his military time. That's crazy. Um, so she said, just to add to your knowledge, keep up the wonderful work, ladies. Leslie. Aww. Thanks, yeah. Leslie. Thank you, Leslie, for sharing that information. And we also have other big news because we're just so busy. Busy bees. We have been doing the Halifax podcast circuit <laughs> like the back of our hand. Just rolling through it. Yeah. And so we were on, featured on two podcasts in the last like two weeks. Just famous over here. <sighs> you know. Um, so the first is North of Normal. So that is our buddies Spencer and Hunter. And they do Canadian film so they do and they do it well yes they they Hunter does significantly more research than I do for Minute Women podcast (laughs) it's it's like he just does more research but he also has been following Canadian film as a passion for I'd say probably the last 20 years yeah that's Um, true so it's really a passion of his Mm -hmm. um is Canadian film and so he has a lot of knowledge already um that he brings to the table and then does more research for for the episodes and so we had been on their show uh to do uh the the bloody brood which was a Canadian movie about beatniks and (laughs) it was like glass and hamburgers one of the first (laughs) films by Nat Taylor which we have done a heritage minute on Nat Taylor exactly so if you want to go listen to that episode, you can. But the spiritual successor to The Bloody Brood <laughs> is The Mask. And yeah. not the one with Jim Carrey, but it is the movie that that movie is based on. Exactly. It's like how there was the original Parent Trap and then yeah. the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap. There's no original content. There's, There's no, no original never. ideas. Um, so yes, this was The Mask. And it was 
it was actually it's significantly better than the bloody brood well I yeah must say. And i wouldn't say that i didn't enjoy it no like, I, it's kind of it scary was a, it was kind of scary it was interesting there was this whole um well at the very beginning of the movie it's a older movie so much like one of my favorites and grace's favorites white christmas the credits roll at the beginning and in that it said choreographer and i was like why is there a choreographer in a scary movie and then when you watch the movie you understand why because there are these <laughs> dream sequence scenes oh my god and uh the choreography was on point it's there's no speaking it's very like ghosty ghouly yeah um, it reminded me a lot of a scooby-doo episode the whole yeah. episode yeah yeah there's like the aesthetic of it is very scooby-doo which obviously that's what scooby-doo is referencing is movies oh, like sure. this one um it's also in 3d partially in 3d yes um which we didn't get to watch it in 3D. However, 1940s 3D? 60s. 60s. Like 1960s 3D. I think yeah. is when the movie came out. I would love to watch it in 3D though. Oh, for sure. And I'm not a huge 3D person, but it's interactive. So you only put it on at certain times. Like it's yeah. it's actually a very good movie and it's been refinished or retouched by tiff i believe yeah so i think you can just find it online um you can find both those movies just online you can and yeah toronto international film festival took on uh what is the word remastering Remastering. that's the word that's it i was like refurbishing no that's that's a funerals no that's furniture (laughs) yeah they remastered a bunch of canadian movies uh canadian films and this was one of them and it was actually yeah it was good yeah i would recommend oh yeah for sure so you should definitely go listen to that episode of north and normal but as a little teaser we got a little clip from the boys so we're gonna insert that right now we should talk about the mask itself we already started talking about the 3d sequences does anybody actually want to tackle trying to describe what these 3d sequences are like oh Oh, yeah i wanted to describe the mask Okay, well, do you want to talk about the mask itself first and then yes, we'll talk sure. about the sequences? Okay. So I'm going to describe the mask. So it's like a skull, but half of the back is taken out and it's like when you take out the inside of a watermelon. So it's like hollow now. And then on the outside of the skull is like, you know, those little mini disco balls? Yeah. It's like yeah, the yeah. squares from those yeah. little mini disco balls plastered over it. And based on cover art, we're assuming it's red and green, but it was yeah. a black and white film. So who's to say? Who's to say? Could have been purple. I don't know. Yeah. And then it has like, it covers like the eyes, but there's like a little pin hole in like each mm-hmm. eye so you can see through. And the creepiest part is the detachable jaw. The jaw yeah. like seems yeah. to move and has real teeth in it. Which is creepy, but it, it looks very like Aztec, very mm-hmm. like Mayan. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think the yeah. unnamed Toronto artist did a good job? Yeah, yeah. That's creepy as heck. And we're back. <laughs> So that was a little bit of us on the North of Normal podcast with Spencer and Hunter. Again, a huge thank you to those guys. And you should really check out their podcast because yeah. it's a fun time. They are great. It's mostly usually talking is Hunter. But when we go on, we always get Spencer real chatty. So Also, they were so sweet and they gave us these little buttons. Oh, my gosh. Yes. They gave us gifts. They gave us presents. Yeah. It's like a thank you. They got us these Heritage Minute buttons, which I'm obsessed with. 
In other news, we were also on the fabulous Sarah McClellan's podcast. She does the Intoxicated podcast, Woo-hoo. and she's been on our show Yeah, very recently, actually. We had her on pretty recently for a Have You Got a Minute and an episode, regular episode. Which were great. You should go check those out. We talk about women in podcasting mm-hmm. and should you start a podcast and on the, And it got into gam. just women in general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we talked about uh, Agnes McPhail yes, as Aggie. our podcast episode so that was a great one you should go check it out she's hilarious she she's is the hilarious queen of stand-up comedy and she is she's a comedy queen um and she had us on her show which was i have not laughed so hard in a long time we had such a good time it was such a good time and the episode is so great it's the i think it's the only episode of that we've been on that i've listened to multiple times <laughs> Because it's just cute. It's just funny. I listened to it like twice in the car. It's also on like, YouTube, so you can watch us. Yeah, which is you can watch very us, strange. Which I, I haven't done. Ugh, I watched it. No. And I, I say on the podcast that I don't really like seeing myself yeah. in videos and stuff. Yeah. I guess I, that's hypocritical because I have watched it. No, I. but did <laughs> but you enjoy it? It, it wasn't <laughs> as bad as I was anticipating. No. It's I, really strange to see yourself talk. Yeah. Like the way your mouth posture is <laughs> your mouth posture that's the word is it? it is i've watched enough linguist videos <laughs> okay <laughs> to know that it's a it's your mouth posture mm. <laughs> anyways to see how your mouth moves when you talk it's weird that's all i'm saying it's weird stuff <laughs> um but it is it's a marathon of a podcast if you're like if you're listening to minute women and you're like damn this podcast is too short you will not think that of Intoxicated Podcast because yeah. we talked for like two hours. Well, also on our show, even though we, especially in our in our regular minute episodes, I mean, we talk about one thing and we stray off onto different topics. Sarah's is like, it's not even a marathon as much as it is like a track and field event. Like, <laughs> because you've got one thing. Yeah, it's a decathlon. <laughs> it's not a marathon. It's a decathlon because there's just different sections and segments and you're bouncing and you're moving. And she's like, okay, and let's do this. And it was a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Um, Yeah, it, it was a little bit like, <laughs> it was a little bit like 20 questions and couples therapy all at once. Like yeah. it was yeah. a very healthy couples therapy. <laughs> it was therapy, super healthy. <laughs> Um, but it was so much fun and I can't say enough phenomenal things about Sarah. She also, uh, worked with Grace when Grace was working at Podstarter. I guess you're still kind of working at Podstarter. Yeah, unfortunately I don't get to come into the office quite so much. Yes. Um, but yeah, Sarah is hilarious and yes check her out on the halifax comedy circuit she does stand-up comedy quite regularly yeah and uh i have not seen her in person but i have watched her uh like tape like taped comedy and she is a funny lady oh she's so funny so uh check her out for sure yeah um and again we have a little snippet for you of us on the show with sarah so take a listen now we're going to talk about how you guys met. Okay. The origin of the friendship, because the friendship came first, right? Yeah. The friendship okay. came first. Okay. Very Go. first, but very close together. So, oh, was it? Very so close. quick succession what? of events, yes. I'm going to start the story. Uh, I'm going to start the story at the beginning. Um, okay, so I met this human while I was waitressing. <laughs> well, not well. Well, oh. 
<laughs> me human or other human? Okay, I'll start with you. Okay, well, I just was going to say that we met at curling. We met That's, at curling. So we'd been oh, yes. curling together for like a year. Yeah, but I didn't really but know we her. Friends, like really. the first time we curled together, she like mocked the sweatshirt I was wearing, which she doesn't remember because no. she's grace. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember. And it makes me cringe every time. <laughs> Because you agreed with me. I like, did. You insulted the sweater first, I and did. so I just followed up. But now it means I'm a bitch <laughs> in, this, in the record. And we're back again. We're back. That is a little snippet of the Minute Women origin story, which we have never actually told on the podcast. No. But if you want the full details of how Linnea and I met... Uh, how we started this podcast and how those things, those two events coincided very closely so to one close. another. Uh, you should go check out the full episode over on the Intoxicated feed wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. Or watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I kind of feel like we have been Sarah's podcast today because we have talked about so many different so things. So many things. But I'm going to add one more thing to that it. laundry list of conversations that we're going to have. Good. <laughs> Which is Halloween. Yeah, spooky season. This is, is kind of our last chit-chatty episode before Halloween comes out. Yeah, and spooky Halloween season comes is like... Out. Halloween, Halloween comes out. Halloween comes out. Comes out. <laughs> <laughs> comes out to play. Are we in... I feel like we are in the spooky season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the in midst it. of it. We're in right the throes. And I'm Black huge, cats and bats. I don't know. Yeah, and I like Halloween. I don't definitely don't go as hard as some people. I'm looking forward to Halloween, but... My partner is going to be away, which a, his work is taking him away for our anniversary and our ha- and Halloween and which, our Halloween our <laughs> Halloween, which falls very close together. Yeah. Um. And so I was just like, because we were we were talking, we're like, we're going to do mine and Eric's anniversary. That's true. That's, that's first the first time, time, you time met. I met Eric was yep. Halloween a year ago. Oh, on so we're, he's missing our anniversary too. <sighs> I know. <laughs> it's just it's it's a sin, and it is a sin. we were supposed to do like. Fun couples costumes. Of course. Not anymore. Not anymore. So I'll we, be your couple. Yeah. We, we can have like, a couple's costume. We need a costume. And I feel like yeah. we should do a heritage minute costume or something. Yes. Like we need, but we need people's help. They need to like. Please let us know. Help us out. Send us suggestions. We should set up a poll or something. Yes. Yeah. We need to figure out what we're going to be for Halloween and what we're going to do. Thinking about like what we're going to be for Halloween sort of triggered a memory for me. The yeah. deep recesses of my 90s nostalgia Canada Halloween brain. Oh. Which, A, I always love Halloween in Canada because you have to dress up in basically a snowsuit yeah. before you can go. So, you're like, you have all these little girls as, like, Elsa and Rapunzel yeah. and all these princesses with, like, fleeces well, it's like, layered underneath. It's a, it's like Elsa eight on her when you're dressed up as Elsa because <laughs> I remember yeah. going as Belle for oh, no. like I must have been five years old I think it was in primary and I had I was so upset so annoyed that I had to put my fleece underneath it yeah. and I was like now I don't look like Belle now my mother did not have four children when I was going over <laughs> Halloween so Lori just had me and my mom spent so much time. She made, painstakingly made, all of my Halloween costumes. Aww. Literally until I was 12. Until I didn't want to go over Halloween anymore. And she was like, no, I must make you a costume. <laughs> However, she made them, like, into warm winter wear. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so, like, when I was three, I was a lion. And it was literally a brown zip-up snowsuit um, <laughs> that she then, like, painstakingly, like, poked yarn through Aww. to, like, make me a lion. 
my mom would make us Halloween costumes too. They would just get recycled. Of course. Of, so we all went as Barney at of course. some point in time. <laughs> of course. Um, I think we were all a tiger. The Barney one really stands out to me because I hated of it. Of course. Because it was basically a snowsuit. Yeah. And it's it's fine. But as a kid, it was like one of the zips that would like zip from one ankle all the way up the leg through the crotch down Ooh, the other leg to the that. ankle. And I, every picture of me in that costume is me just power posing like <laughs> legs spread as far <laughs> apart as they could go so my legs wouldn't have to touch the zipper oh, that's so funny. um my first halloween i threw a massive tantrum like one house in i was very excited to go trick-or-treating but i yeah, didn't cause... understand that you had to keep going yeah. so i went to the first house got because you were like seven months old i was a i was i wasn't that young it was like my first year oh, being okay. able to walk and oh, like okay. go oh yeah So I went to the first house, got some Smarties, sat on their front lawn, ate them, (laughs) threw a fit that I couldn't, like I had to keep going, and then I just went home. And I bet Ben was pissed. Well, Ben was just concerned that he was not going to be able to keep going. Exactly. (laughs) He was just like, um. Ben was like, this is my night. I know. And she's she's ruining ruining it. it. (laughs) I feel like also with a family of multiple children, I feel like there's less decision in what you are going to be for Halloween and more like being informed what you're going to be for Halloween, like the Barney costume. Uh, Yeah, definitely when you're younger. (laughs) But then I was very adamant about what I wanted to be year to year. I was a witch like twice. Like my mom was very good at manipulating costumes to be two things. (laughs) Okay. So like one year I was Hermione and then the next year I was a scary witch. Oh, yeah. And that's the same costume. You just need a different different makeup different makeup yeah and i remember putting on green face paint and then rubbing it off and i had really bad eczema as a kid and it was just rash flaky rash i was definitely a scary witch yeah (laughs) it's like oh wow how'd you make it look your face is falling off (laughs) but one thing that i always remember from halloween as a kid Mm -hmm. and i was just like what happened to that was the unicef coin collection boxes and i was like is that a uniquely canadian thing i don't know it's not as it turns out (laughs) all right so trick-or-treat for unicef which is wow you'd wear those little boxes around your neck yeah Yeah. like you walk around and then you get all your and be like please sir can i have some change yeah (laughs) and then you would like drop it off at school the next day and all your coins would get sent to unicef it was an idea that was invented by mary emma allison and it was in 1949 she lived in bridesburg which is a neighborhood in philadelphia and when miss allison saw a unicef booth calling for collection of funds which was going to send powdered milk to undernourished children around the world okay she thought of getting children to collect donations for unicef instead of candy which hold up we can do both yeah okay i was like i never did that we it was never both. either or <laughs> so i believe her husband reverend clyde allison introduced the concept to the local presbyterian churches and on halloween of 1950 the allisons recruited their own children and the community's children to go door-to-door collecting nickels and dimes in decorated milk cartons to aid children uh, in post-World War II Europe. Okay. Uh, They collected a total of $17, and then they donated that to UNICEF. Okay. In 1953, the United States Committee for UNICEF, later named the U.S. Fund for UNICEF, started actively promoting the program. And by the 1960s, the concept had expanded throughout the United States with small orange boxes distributed to millions of trick-or-treaters. 
When UNICEF won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1965, the U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson said he sent his congratulation letter. Your UNICEF trick-or-treat day has helped turn a holiday too often marred by youthful vandalism into a program <laughs> of basic training for world citizenship. Wow. <laughs> I'd like, I obviously they didn't win the Nobel Peace Prize because of the trick-or-treating, but right. I would love if that was the case. <laughs> In 1967, Johnson declared Halloween, October 31st, to be UNICEF Day in the United States. <laughs> By 1969, three Kids point- don't need candy. <laughs> we can use them as money makers. What do we think of Halloween? UNICEF Day. By 1969, 3.5 million American children were trick-or-treat donating every year. Wow. Children and adults in the U.S. have collected more than $175 million for trick-or-treating for UNICEF. Okay. And donations have been sent to support a lot of global programs, um, including domestic violence, aiding victims of Hurricane Katrina. And in 2008, the U.S. Fund for UNICEF introduced a mobile text program. And they're also integrated on MySpace and Facebook, which is fun. Um, Um, Does MySpace exist? (laughs) I guess. I, I... let us know if you still use MySpace. Yeah, please. I would love to know the survey of that. And then it was introduced to Canada pretty early. So by 1955, it's been introduced to Canada. However, that tradition was canceled in, yeah. by UNICEF in 2006. Yeah. Which I don't really remember. Like, I don't. I didn't remember the year we didn't get UNICEF boxes. So basically, they decided to cancel it in Canada after consulting with teachers and parents about the Halloween program. So UNICEF said that the time has basically come to put them to rest. The annual loose change collection isn't worth the money that it has amassed, said Evelyn Guidon, um, who's the executive director of UNICEF Quebec. Okay. Uh, she said that coin is very labor intensive. Rolling pennies is a very labor intensive process. So obviously <laughs> that was one of the things that teachers reflected to us. So I didn't realize that the teachers had to roll, roll all, all the, the money. That's brutal. <laughs> The decision didn't mean that UNICEF was backing away from their efforts to get kids interested in fundraising, but teachers will be given opportunities to organize educational activities that include raising money for people in need. A lot of critics said that that was the wrong decision. I will say that it was an issue, and I only know this because my mom was like in an administrative position at the school. It became an issue at the elementary school that I went to because uh, people were collecting the money and then uh, keeping it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always gave mine back. Yeah, me too. Because, like, we're good human beings. But, like, some people aren't. There wouldn't be that much in a single box. Right. I mean, to be fair, if you think you need to keep the $13 that you collected, like, you probably need that $13 yourself. But, I mean, yeah, it was becoming an issue that, like, you couldn't give UNICEF boxes to certain kids because they just keep the money. Yeah, so but some of the critics basically said that it, it made kids feel really good about, like, helping yeah. and participating, especially because UNICEF would come in before they give the boxes out and, like, show them little videos about, like, you go out, you collect your money, this is what your money will be doing. Yep. What made the Orange Box campaign work so well with children was the association between free candy and helping others. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so over its last 15 years in Canada, the UNICEF Orange Box campaign, on average, would result in $3 million worth of donations yeah. every Halloween. See, that seems huge. That's like a lot of money, for, yeah. especially just a bunch of little kids going out and collecting money. There were definitely like a few bad apples of like, I'm just mm. going to keep the money. But yeah, yeah. clearly 
three million dollars worth of donations would go to unicef every year that's a shame just from canada yeah and imagine now because now you can't donate pennies right it'd be way more be way more but yeah that was like my nostalgia spark for halloween i was like whatever happened to the orange boxes yeah i know good point now the more you know maybe that should be our halloween costume unicef boxes (laughs) that's funny (laughs) i wonder if we could get some donations Well, thanks, everyone, for coming back to listen to another Have You Got a Minute and giving us a minute of your time to talk about a variety of topics today. I think we covered it all. smorgasbord. Yeah. Again, thank you to North of Normal, uh, Spencer and Hunter for having us on the show, and Sarah for having us on Intoxicated Podcast. Please go give uh, both those shows a follow and a listen because they are fantastic. And thank you to Lisa for sending us an email. If you ever want to get in touch with us to like let us know some information about the podcast or whatever, please do. You can email us at minutewomenpodcast at gmail.com. You sure can. And if you haven't gotten enough of us, you can check out all of our episodes on our website, minutewomenpodcast.ca. We also have our link to our merch store there, links to all of our social medias, which you should stay in touch with. And if you want to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that would be the biggest support to us. We love love seeing your reviews and your feedback and it really helps the podcast out a lot it gets the podcast in the hands and the ears of more listeners so please rate and review the podcast on apple podcast and until next week have a good one yeah thanks so much bye bye